Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. Join Dr. Frank Anderson and Lisa Berry in exploring new ways to live in this chaotic world and find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. Hello and welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. We're really glad you're listening to our conversation about ways to look at life by exploring awareness and what that means. Life can be so chaotic and difficult sometimes, and we hope these conversations can guide you to finding some peace and joy and love in what we say are the most unlikely places. I'm Lisa. Frank is here. Frank, uh, we're still sort of digesting our last episode about exploring awareness 24-7. So what are you thinking about tonight? Oh, Lisa, that that was quite an episode. Um, (laughs) We will have to uh, unpack that a little more tonight. But it is. It does seem like an unlikely place around here to find uh, peace and joy. There seems like these past couple couple of weeks have been extra chaotic, mm. and so you know we're been practicing and and continuing to explore awareness twenty four seven. It is a lot more challenging than. But tell me, please tell me, it's still possible. Oh, oh, of course. Oh, yes. Of course. Okay, we need to, I think we all need that reassurance so much right now. Yeah, no, no, it really is. And I think that, the, the, yeah, the challenge is to remember that, to not be pulled around by what's happening and come back to yourself, you know, and so we've used those different techniques of breathing and mindfulness of the breath, mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of thoughts, mindfulness of emotions. But, you know, it's like you get pulled out of that by so many external factors. And we're all, we're all guilty of that, myself included. And so, you know, how to get your perspective back on things, it's, it's, it's always possible. It's always possible. You just have to, to, to remember to do it. And a good way to do that is by meditating every day and starting your day kind of with that perspective. But sometimes you hit a threshold, you know, and things start to pull you out of the present moment. And sometimes lots of things will pull you out of the present moment. And that was my experience in the last couple of weeks. And so been practicing and um, continuing the human journey of of being pulled out and, and becoming grounded. And I remember on the last episode, you said something, we were talking about 24 seven and you said, are you aware of 24 seven? And I said, 20. And I'm like, right. that's probably a little, a little pretentious there. I'm 20, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> it's not, not true. So here's how I chose to look at it because I always try to look for the best in everybody and everything that you're passionate about awareness. And I felt that you just had this message you wanted to deliver and I wasn't getting it, but you were going to just keep on delivering it. And I hope people listening got it. I'm still working on it, to be honest with you. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, there's, I don't want to communicate this information as a stern or academic or stale or unemotional way either. Although there are teachers that do that and they pride themselves on it. I'm I'm a guy. I'm a regular guy living a life and wanting to share what I've learned with people. And I've certainly have a lot to learn, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. But so, you know, it's a good example of, of people just trying to make it and do the best that we can. And certainly things aren't always perfect, you know, and um, I like how you put around a human journey. 
Yeah. You hear about being on a journey, but no one says you're on a human journey. So we're all human. We're all human and we can have compassion for ourselves and others. And, you know, in this, sometimes in this culture, culture, Lisa, you know, the goat, the term ghosting. Yeah. Yeah. That just seems like a really harsh thing. That doesn't sound compassionate sometimes to me. It's like, and certainly there are things that people have to stop their relationships before, but a lot of things that people say come out of a place of fear, you know, a place of protection, a place where people are trying to feel safe. And then they, other people will say, well, that's that you're ghosted or you're canceled or something like that. I think that's, um, that's all a, a kind of sim, a symptom of of being pulled out of the present moment. What do you think? Well, I don't like the word fear. I don't know. Yeah. It's like some people use the expression, there's either fear or love, like you have to pick one. And I think, really? That seems so extreme to me because I think there's always love. Does it have to be the opposite of fear? Why can't love just be love and always be there? Why does fear yeah. have to be the opposite of love? I don't know why fear has to be the opposite of love. I mean, we all can be fearful at times. And when you become aware of the fear and kind of put the fear into context, it gets trans, could be, you know, it could be seen as being transformed into love. Ooh, I like that. How do we transform fear into love? Yeah, I think because fear is an emotion that we have. And and sometimes it's a good emotion to have if you need to hightail it out of there. Right. But you know, other other fear might be something that um, that you've learned, right, or something that you've like mm. picked up, or you know, a fear of a future that doesn't exist. And so, when we were doing these, our awareness is like, oh, okay, fear is arising, and so you see fear, and it's like, and, and what is what is fear? Where is the fear from? Fear is afraid of loss. And maybe fear comes from protecting yourself from being sad. You know, maybe so you can you can look at that fear and then work with it instead of say reacting or responding to fear might be might be an opportunity, right? To go deeper and deeper and say, really, is it fear or is it, you know, sadness or is it being being abandoned or being uncertain um, you can you can work those things out and then maybe it gets closer to something that you could be compassionate to yourself about you know maybe it's like oh but I, maybe i have this issue with my parents or maybe i've got this issue at work and maybe i need to work it out so you really look at it closely right and find out what's behind the fear and maybe if at some point you can soften up and being you know opening to awareness is opening to compassion i've actually been doing that a few times lately somebody will send me something and my immediate reaction will be to be annoyed or like no i'm not gonna like wait one just take a minute and see what they're trying to say and be open to what they're trying to say and then you can respond more calmly and not be so defensive about it that's what we're talking about. I think, yeah, isn't that interesting? Because that's kind of a. I mean, you don't. You you kind of kind of came. Did it kind of come? It kind of you had to remind yourself because you're right. kind of in that, being aware of your reactions. Right. 
kind of thing. And everything doesn't have to be an affront to you and everything doesn't have to be a challenge and everything that comes your way doesn't have to be negative. If you, I feel, take a minute and just stop and explore it and, and you know, see what's behind your initial reaction. Exactly, exactly. And, and that's what I think that this work kind of allows us to do out in the world. And yeah. to me, it's like a joyful response. It's like, look at you, look at what you just did. You just yeah. took something and it, you made it, you took a different route to your reaction and it's all okay. And it does help you feel more peaceful, I think. Yeah, because you, you transformed it into peace, mm. basically. You know, I've been having that experience with the computer on the, the medical of records computer. And I get so annoyed at the pauses that I have to mm-hmm. click and you wait and you, you know, shift the windows. And it's a lot of, a lot of kind of wasted time. And, and I get annoyed so easily at that. But I had this thought, I'm going to transform those moments of annoyance into just joyful awareness, you know. And so now I'm still working on it. I think it's from these conversations and exploring awareness that it gave me the insight to just give it a try. And I liked myself better and I liked that moment better mm-hmm. based on how I chose to respond versus react and how to explore what was happening at that time. Right. And, and did it kind of come naturally, right? Or you know, a little effort, little effort. I had, to, well, I had to think about it for a minute. I, mm-hmm. I had to stop myself and say, no, wait a minute. Don't, don't just automatically be annoyed just oh you can look at this a different way so i took a second to remind myself yeah 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 and and that's exactly right and then not being annoyed so much feels better doesn't it, it absolutely just like a lighter yeah. we don't need any more agitations in our life right now yeah especially those that that don't really don't really rise to that i mean it kind of reminds me of that poem by rooming the guest house and uh, we may have talked about that once before, but I think it might be a, a good time to bring it up again. Okay. Um, do you remember that poem? I, mean, I sort of. Yeah. So it's a famous poem. Rumi was a Sufi mystic. And um, he, he made this poem. It's called, um, This Being Human is a Guest House. Every morning a new arrival. A joy. A depression. A meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each guest has been sent as a guide from beyond. So does that sort of go along with there's a lesson in everything? Yeah, yeah. What I'm hearing is that like all this uh, tedious computer work is, um, is, a, is a guide from beyond maybe. <laughs> what are you learning from it? Yeah, yeah, patience and ah. and that this annoyance that I get, well, there's nothing that I can do about it, right? And so I'm learning to um, be aware of my annoyance and by being aware of it, move back into that awareness place that is a place of peace and joy no matter what, right? In the most unlikely places. 
and practicing that. So I had a moment of awareness just a couple of days ago. I was looking out on my deck and a hummingbird was hovering right next to one of my favorite flowers that I planted this summer. And I just watched it and it was in midair on a hummingbird. You know, what are they doing? Getting nectar, feeding, eating from the plant, just there. And I just stopped and I just looked at it and I felt, I thought, oh, this is what awareness feels like. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm just in this moment, and I'm watching this hummingbird in front of this beautiful flower, and it did feel peaceful. Yeah, just like, did you feel kind of like in unity with all of that? I did, I did. Oh, great. So here's still my question. (laughs) Yeah. Because you know I'm full of questions, which I think lead to beautiful answers from you, so I'm not going to be afraid to ask the questions. So I had that moment and I felt like it was a moment of awareness after we've talked about it. And if you haven't listened to episode 27, listen to episode 27. It's pretty real and uh, interesting conversation. But so how do I live that way? All Is that something I should be, we're talking about awareness 24 seven. So I had a moment and I've had moments, but I don't, I still can't connect with how do I carry that around with me or be that way yeah. all the time. Yeah. So I kind of feel like, you know, from my own experience too, it's been a journey and a path. And and what I, you know, what I've learned and and what I believe and have, you know, let's not say believe, but I have faith in that the awareness that exists really isn't based on on conditioning so that it, it's always there and I get pulled out of it, right? And then when you're, so you get pulled out of your home, you know, and, and, and it seems like you're, you're going home when you have those moments of awareness and then you get pulled out of it again. But really the baseline, you know, the natural state for us, our, our opportunity is to be in that awareness place, you know, more often and to become familiar with it. And so with that, with that, you know, incident with the um, hummingbird, you had a had a beautiful connection back to that unity feeling. And so I would suggest that that unity feeling is always there. We just kind of leave it when we get pulled out of it. And maybe we're pulled out of it more than we're in it. And maybe then the balance changes the more we practice it, you know, and get familiar with that place. And Okay, so it's always there because you're born that way. Yes. But And then you said, and I this was one of my favorite things you said last episode, is that it's our conditioning. It's our conditioning that pulls us out of that. So you're conditioned, you're no longer a newborn, you've heard a lot of things, you've been through a lot of things, and yet you're saying it's still there. But it, how deeply covered up does it get? Yeah. You go on through life. Yeah, right. It, and for different people, it, it, it's different. But, you know, there's some people that just seem to be not bothered by things, you know, mm. it's very grounded and happy and aware. And, you know, you can feel it. And for whatever reason, they have access to, to their joyful inner nature a little more often than other people. And that's not a good or bad thing, but it, we can learn from them. You know, we can learn what it, 
you know, to see them and be around them. Have you ever been around people like that? You just feel well, a joyful inner. Um, yes. Have you? I love that. Um, you know, I would have to say lately, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say, but there are people. Yeah. Like I did this TV thing and the two guys that I did it with are the kind of like that. They're very playful. They're very funny. And I found reacting to their questions and being on with them brought out my playful, funny side, which I'm like, oh, I missed her. <laughs> I feel like that's the real me. And seeing yeah. myself on TV with these guys who everybody has their stuff, but for the most part have playful, inner, joyful cores and it was it was fun to be with them you know which reminds me of the thing you're the product of the five people you spend the most time with and oh, so, yeah. so, since we're pretty isolated right now I'm, I'm not encountering a lot of people with a lot of inner joy <laughs> the five people that you see the most yeah maybe. yeah yeah except for you frank of course thank you <laughs> But, yeah. you know, you said something last time, too, that you said, we're all divine beings. We just have different conditioning. And I keep seeing the word divine. It keeps coming up now a lot. And I love when that happens. We'll talk about something or I'll be exposed to something. And then divine keeps coming up and divine being, you know, it, it may sound complicated, but really, isn't that how we're born? Are we born as divine beings? Yeah, I, I really do think so. And the word divine, you know, has a religious connotation, but, you know, pure and um, a pure being, you know, uh, I like the word divine. I was raised Catholic and, and you know, and that the, the term God for me is very large. So it's almost like that, that um, just sense of being and presence and, and it's an opportunity for all of us, you know, to return to that because that, that is our true nature. Yeah, and and we and we forget it. We forget it as we. I don't think that the divine, the word divine, has to have a religious connotation. I mean, yeah, if it does, no, it does that's right. lovely for you. If it does, but for me, divine, it just sounds like pure and, like you said, joyful, and just divine. It's just yeah. You know, you hear people, oh, darling, that's divine. I don't mean it that way. I mean. Pure and divine and okay and happy and you know whatever i can't even think another enough adjectives to to add to what what divine means to me right and it seems so inaccessible if we look at our conditioning right but if, if we become aware of our conditioning then that then that feeling that of connectedness to to the divine can can come back you know, and I think I told you during when I was in that retreat in Thailand, it took about four days. But, but after after I just after my mind settled down, and I was just present to to the birds and the fish and the coconut trees and the sounds and the and the wind. You know, it was it was divine. It was you just felt like a part of a big, wonderful universe, and certainly. You know, when I left there, I had to go back to life, but it gave me a taste of that. You know, it introduced me to that that place. You know, and then there was some striving. Oh, I got to get back to that feeling. I got to get right. that feeling, which can also, which is also like a thought and conditioning as well. And you know that you can be aware of the striving and aware of of it all, and settle in. You know, to that that divinity that that's that's there, and so you get some tastes of it. And and that kind of 
maintains that word we use, faith. You know, that's not a belief, not a thought belief, but like, you know, I just know that there's more to life than the angst. Or, or, or you know, there's some wonderful, fun things that happen too in life. And we tend to love the fun things and, and dislike the bad things. Um, but there's another way of just taking it all in and, and being with whatever it is. So the fun things are fun when they are and when they're over, you know, that's that end of that one. And then the horrible things come and we're present to those and those come and go as well. And so present to whatever, like Rumi says, whatever comes into your life and some of the negative ones we like to resist, you know, and we use our, our mental and physical and personalities to resist it. The term what you resist persists, you know, is, is applicable in that setting. And I like the term that follows that, the only way out is through. And so, you know, by being aware of it and being present to it and letting it be, you can kind of go through it. If you continually resist it, it, it kind of stays and might even feel worse. How come everyone doesn't know that? Um, well, let's see. Let's let everyone know. Episode 28 of the Awareness <laughs> Podcast has an well, important I mean, announcement for the world. <laughs> that seems like a psychological thing, don't you think? That you have to, what you resist persists, and the only way out of it is through it, which can yeah. be very painful. Yeah. And trying and challenging and struggling. And, yeah, and that's why sometimes this isn't stress reducing. <laughs> right. Um, and it, it, things have been kind of pushed down for a long time. You know, that doesn't work forever. I mean, for some people, maybe. But if, but if, you, if you push it down for a long time, it, it can come out in other ways, like in depression and in anger. Ah, in right. 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 And, and so, you know, working with it and working through it, that there is freedom on the other side. There's freedom in presence, right? Because the present moment doesn't have those things. The, the being, the divine nature doesn't, doesn't have those things. But, but again, those are the type of things that might cover it up, right? And keep us from, from moving forward. So we can give equal time to religion and Buddhism and everything else. I found a quote from the Maharashi <laughs> that says, divine is all love in its essential nature, and love is all divine in its truthful expression. Oh, can you repeat that? Sure. Divine is all love in its essential nature, and love is all divine in its truthful expression. Oh, Nice. See? Truthful expression of yes. mine. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. So that's why I like divine. It doesn't have to be a religious thing. You don't have to assign it to any belief or any association. It's just a lovely word. Just, you know, I, you say these words and then I get into them like essence. I asked a couple of people that I met this past weekend, do you know your essence? And they just looked at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Isn't that a normal conversation starter? Don't you? Go to, Hi, I'm Lisa. Do you know what your essence is? And they're like, what? What? And then I'm thinking, is that a turnoff? Is like, should I not be asking that? But I feel like everyone should know their essence, don't you think? Yeah, well, it, it would be nice if they did. And, and there's a lot of people that would like to. 
And some people haven't thought about it yet. So even when you ask someone that question, you know, they're like, hmm, they go home and they're like, what is, what was she talking about? And then it kind of sparks a, a question, you know, it might even spark a yearning to like, know, because um, maybe some people have, uh, you know, kind of abandoned that idea, maybe more on autopilot. Mm. So they haven't really stopped to think about it. Well, that's why I'm glad we're talking about it, to open people's eyes. I uh, was at a friend's house, and he has this beautiful garden. And for some reason, I stand in this garden, and I feel so much peace. And I, it is, I feel so free, and it feels so open. And so I said, I've dubbed it the glorious garden. It is so beautifully put together and maintained. I definitely feel mm-hmm. a peacefulness and openness and a sense of nurturing standing there. I said, is that you? And then I said, maybe that's your essence. I asked you if you knew what it was, and you said you didn't. So, and uh, he has not responded. <laughs> but I mean, I think it was. I really do. I'm standing there in this yeah. garden and looking. It's just the most beautiful garden. And there's grapes growing in Michigan, in, in the southeast part of Michigan, where we're broadcasting from, and celery and horseradish. And it's just so nurturing. And I think for someone to put something together like that, they that is their essence. But I don't know. Yeah. It's like an expression of their their, yeah. their work is, is this beauty and and it helps people be present like that. Right. Right. So I'm glad we're talking about, I learned about essence from you. I guess, honestly, I didn't really ever think about what my essence was before we started having these conversations. So I like essence and I like grace and I like divine. I just think at these tumultuous times, all the chaos that's going on in the world to be able to even say those words, let alone to think them or feel them or have a conversation with you about them. It's, it's helping me feel aware of, of what I'm grateful for and what I appreciate and what I, I hope other people can feel. Yeah. I hope so too, because we were doing a meditation class today and, and at the university, there's so many things happening in the outside world, it's, it's it almost becomes overwhelming, and you know that's what I yeah. about last week. And when you sometimes when you become overwhelmed, it's like there's just what else are you going to do? But it's like it becomes this like opportunity to to do something else to go within, and you just your mind can only hold so much. And I think last uh, episode twenty seven too, and. I was being snarky um, <laughs> when I said something. You asked a question and I answered it. It was some uh, Buddhist quote about how many rivers are there, mm. if, there, were, and there if there were are as many rivers as there are sands in the rivers Ganges. So, you know, that that's a that's a thought experiment. It's a Buddhist thing. It's a koan in a way. It's a, It's an unanswerable question, you know? So it's like, how you know how are you going to think your way through this question and and you can't you know it's like you just have to you just can't do it you can't think of an answer and so you know that kind of question this unanswerable question can stimulate a sense of like surrender to the thoughts mm. and just be present you know and so that was kind of what i was trying to say with that snarky comment last time well you also said one of my other new favorite words surrender i kind of just you got to surrender at some point especially with all the anxiety we're all feeling right now if you just surrender i think that's kind of a freeing thought 
Yes, but it's also fearful. I mean, because you don't, mm. what do you have to give up? Isn't that, doesn't You that... have to give up the, the worry. You have to give up the competition. You have to give up the angst and anxiety and just be. That's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. Right. And then, and who would you be if you gave, if you surrendered? I'd be, okay. That's a great question. Yeah. That's what I usually say when you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who we are? Oh, no. That's a great question. <laughs> no, it is. Because yeah. that's a good question. Who would you be if you decide to surrender? Yeah, exactly. And so then, then you feel into that. It's like, oh, I wouldn't be all those things. Right. <laughs> I right. wouldn't be like angsty and fearful. Right. What would that be like? Yeah. I'm like, what if I wasn't all wrapped up in my drama? What would, right. what would that be like? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm inviting you to do that. And you're invite, we're, we're inviting listeners and, and each other. And what would it be like if you weren't all wrapped? What if you gave up all that stuff, all that worry, all those preconceived ideas, all those expectations? Um, what would happen? You'd be free. You would be free. And, and I'll bet you your expectations will still get met and you will have loving relationships Aww. with your family and uh, you'll be very productive at work and, and, um, and, and, and just without all the drama. Let me ask you this. Can you inch your way towards awareness? Because that's what I feel like I've been doing. I feel like I've been having these moments you know, of awareness. And I think the more moments that I have, the more I experience it. And the more I experience it, the more I want it. And the more I want it, I know it's not supposed to be a wanting or a striving, but it's an, ex I'm an yeah. inching my way through experience. You become more familiar with it. And yes, yes. Yeah, so so that that, that is a, a good metaphor, inching, inching your way toward it. You kind of accumulate, you can kind of have a little awareness bank. So you accumulate some experiences and, and you're, and you become more familiar with it and, um, and it kind of builds up. And then, you know, instead of just glimpses, maybe it's a few more minutes of it, maybe, you know, it might be an hour or half a day. I think, you know, when you ask me about what is practice mm -hmm. and you're actually talking about the informal practice and the, the 24 seven, um, yeah, you inch your way toward 24 seven, you know, maybe you start out with. 10 minutes, seven. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things we kind of got stuck on was, is how do you get to awareness? And I still, to have moments, well, I guess, I, I guess the hummingbird moment, I didn't try for, it just happened. Yeah. But like when I go walking and I say, I'm, I'm aware, I'm aware, I just tell myself I'm aware. Is that trying too hard? Or just be aware and don't even tell yourself you're being aware. Well, there is one thing about, yeah, when you say I'm aware, is it, a, is it kind of a thought? Right. As opposed to, yeah, and just, um, uh, you know, being, you know, just being without thinking and just being present. But I think it, when, you, when you're walking through the woods saying I'm aware, I'm aware, that, that's also an intention, Right, and I think that's a great a great way to do it. And then you're using your beautiful brain to kind of guide you there, and to right to the edge of the cliff. And then you just just be right, and then you get those experiences. They get presented to you <laughs> as a gift from beyond. You know, yeah. the hummingbird showed up. 
Right. Then, but I had to be aware that that was a moment. I mean, I had the moment, but then I had, it had to register somewhere that I just had that experience. Mm-hmm. So at some point you do have to recognize that you're being aware, don't you? At least, at least as you're inching your way towards it. Oh, sure. I think that's right. I think that's right. And, and oftentimes it's in retrospect. It's like, wow, I just went through that. Yeah. And it wasn't a big deal, you know. Then that, that happens to me too sometimes. It's like, wow, five years ago I would have blown up and I just went right through that. So that was like, wow, that was, that's great. I've come a long way. So there is another way. And if you're listening and you're feeling like you're – it's hard to hard to cope these days. We all we feel that. I feel that. I don't know if Frank feels that, but well, I, yeah, I definitely feel that. There is another way to feel and to get to your joy and to your peace, and awareness is a, a good way to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right, Lisa. This is one technique. You know, we're focused on one particular way, but I think when people sometimes when they exercise or they do yoga, you know, they're also really present into their body they they're, they may not know they're practicing awareness but they are you know just they're not using the words this is such a you know we use a lot of words here and, and we use guided meditations but you know there are a lot of doorways to this and some people just get it on their own and it's it's wonderful but some of us and i'm including myself you know it's it's more of a struggle it can seem like a struggle but for some people it comes comes easier but it's certainly not impossible for all of us to realize our true natures like this. Everybody's true nature is like this? Yes. Everybody. And there's, so there's hope for us all. As <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's hope for, for humanity. Hope for humanity through exploring awareness. I feel that in my gut. I don't believe it. I, I just have it. I have a strong sense that that's the that's the way we proceed through saving this world, and not exploring awareness like exploring awareness podcast. I just mean connecting to your deeper nature, responding as opposed to reacting, um, looking at your conditioning, and seeing if that really reflects the truth of who you are. From the bottom up, not the top down. Yeah, exactly. See, I've learned a few things from you. You have. You go, girl. I remember the moment you said that to me when I first heard that. It was probably last February. I remember where we were sitting. I remember what the room looked like. And I remember you opening my mind and my world to that thought. And at first I was like, what? From the bottom, what? Oh, and then when you get it, it's you put it in your toolbox. <laughs> something that helps you live a more peaceful, joyful, loving life, which is why we're doing this podcast. Could you speak a little more to that, that bottom-up um, concept? Well, I think people are like, they grasp and they reach and they want a solution and it's out there somewhere. But we're saying, or you're saying, I learned from you that the solution is not out there somewhere. The solution is inside yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying that because I, I learned that, and a lot of people say that, right? That's kind of a you know spiritual teaching, you know, and I think that's even true in Christianity. You know, there's that uh, uh, quote from the Bible of the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's here, it's it's in you already. So that's I think that's a Christian expression of that sentiment. 
See, and, I, and I've never heard it associated that way. Does that resonate? Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Out of that hand. I'm still blown away by you saying it's your your hope for humanity. That That is a... <laughs> That is a great hope to have. That is a great way to look at life. And that is a, having positive expectations of people, you know, not looking for the worst. I always say I can find the best in everyone, you know, and I'm always looking for the best in everyone. And you could run over my foot with your car and I would still, you know, like, well, that was a really nice car. And you're, you know, you know, I, I always want to look for the best. And I kind of feel like that's what you're saying with your hope for humanity. Yeah, exactly. And, but, you know, the conditioning that some people have had to go through um, is so, so difficult. I am, I am a very fortunate person. I mean, I've had my own personal conditionings and my own issues. But, you know, when people have experienced systemic racism their whole life, right. you know, that, right. that's a condition. And, and gender inequality, you know, women experience a lot of, of social conditioning. And so, so do men with kind of toxic masculinity. And there's, there's so many things that are kind of baked in that, that we learn that a lot of people then realize, wait a minute, this, this is actually, this isn't me. I don't, I'm not, I, you know, I don't have to be act this way because, because I'm a woman or because, or act towards someone because of their skin color. It's, it's, they learned it, you know, they learned it somewhere along the way and we're all equal pure beings. Right. And, and so these things get layered one on top of another and one thing leads to another and, it's it's layer upon layer of conditioning, but underneath it all, we're all we're all divine beings, and uh, and we need to work to see that and appreciate that. And the the conditioning is just the conditioning. And for me, that's where my love of love comes from, because I think some people think it's simple from easy for me to say or so trivial love love but no if we just loved each other and if we saw each other as one if we recognized the divinity in each other and just loved each other just think how much of a difference that would make in our world right now right. i feel like we're getting farther away from that which makes me sad yeah that makes me sad too and again that loving yourself mm. and loving others is going to be a bottom-up thing and how do people learn to to be love, you know, to love themselves because they are love. And it, it all sounds a little, a little wacky, but the experience of it and the experience we can get in our techniques with some meditation and connecting to that deeper place. But, you know, when, when you give a gift, it feels really good, doesn't it? When you give yeah, it, I love giving gifts. That's a divine feeling. It's a generosity, you know. When you love who you love, that's a very present moment. Unattached, unconditional love is 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 so wonderful. Much better than than um, conditioned love, you know. Like if you're or trying to get love from someone by acting or saying a certain thing, you know, that's not freedom. That's uh, conditioned love. An unconditioned gift is just a just a wonderful expression of generosity. You know, it just feels so good. To me, love is a simple solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so simple. So what should we meditate about tonight? 
Well, we were talking about meditating, about kind of connecting to some inner inner calm. Does that sound right with what we're talking about? Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, so we'll we'll start our meditation with the intention of connecting to something that's deeper. You know that that's that that's present there, but we should first just acknowledge all the things going on. So you sit it sit in your chair and, and get comfortable and acknowledge the fact that we live and many of us live are living in a very chaotic world, a lot of uncertainty with all the social and political and personal things that we have to go through in our world that has changed so much in the last six months. And we didn't, who knew it, the world was so fragile. We've just been riding, you know, on easy street for so long. And, you know, many of us are isolated and many of us are, are financially stressed. And um, many of us are experiencing social stress and work stress and, and health fears. And so let's just acknowledge all of that. And for the next 20 minutes, we're just going to acknowledge it. There's nothing we can do about it in the next 20 minutes. And so our, our brains and our bodies might still be, you know, reacting to all these situations and acknowledging it. We, Let's not resist it. Let's not pretend it's not there, but acknowledge it. Okay? And so we acknowledge it. And then we come into our bodies and our breath. And no matter what is in your bucket of acknowledgement, and I know it can be a lot. It may be a, a, a you know a, a dumpster truck full or more. I'm just asking you to put it all there for 20 minutes. It'll be there when you get back if you want it. But just feel your breath. And that's your breath. Your you know, pure body. The breath isn't conditioned either. That's maybe you're breathing faster if you're nervous or something, but let's just get in touch with that breath irrespective of anything else that's happening. And just feel how the air fills your lungs and your, your body is just, you're innocently breathing and it's doing the oxygen delivery and carbon dioxide release
and it doesn't matter what's going on. So just feeling into that. And enjoying it. It's kind of a, there's a love and a generosity just in the breathing. It's keeping you alive. It's, your nose is filtering your air. You know, this started when you were a little baby, so you can connect back to this same action, the same pure, simple act of breathing. You know, just being aware of the breath is just full of insights. And your your brain may be coming up with ideas, maybe dismissal, or maybe your brain doesn't like um, hearing the crickets in the background or the sound of my voice. But again, just bring any of anything that's happening into awareness. And your body too, your body, your feet that move your around all day. Are there in your lower legs and knees and upper legs. And these like amazing legs you have that are basically unconscious, but we're bringing those to awareness. They're there. You can feel them. Some may have a little bit of pain in them. And um, just let the pain be. Sometimes the pain will kind of come and go too. Pain can can get worse, get better, but if the pain is, there's resistance to pain and fear and regret, it makes the pain worse. So, so just for a few minutes, if there's pain in your body, be aware of it. If there's tension, you know, in your back, it's like, oh, I didn't know that I was pulling my shoulders up to my ears. Now that I know, they just drop. Hmm. And that's that's awareness of the body. And of your back, you know, it might be hunched over, but straighten it, it might feel better. Just bring awareness to your posture, to your posture. And maybe you hold your shoulders back and the breath gets larger.
take a big deep breath and just feel how it might energize you. And then you can feel your hands. You know, the hands are so amazing. You could never purchase hands. Could get some, some people without hands can get some replacements, but nothing like what you have already. And so just to, to know that and be aware that you've got these hands and wrists and arms and elbows, forearms and upper arms and how they articulate and move like, like no computer or no robot could do is so special. And we all have that, it's our bodies. And then moving up to the neck and to the back of the head and the top of the head and the hair. You can sometimes feel the hair on your head. And then your facial muscles, all the muscles in your face. I mean, sometimes mine start to twitch a little when I become aware. But your face and its ability to communicate expressions from your face. What would you like to say with your face? How does your face feel? Or how does it contort itself when there's confusion or stress or chaos? You know, feel your, your forehead. Maybe let it relax. Your jaw. And the muscles around your eyes. You could spend a lot of time being aware of all your facial muscles and the tension. Right? And so, you know, what now does it feel like to be bringing all of these things into awareness, watching them come and go, the breath? attention and if you feel a sense of calm where where is that coming from did you just generate that or are you just is it like exposing itself again maybe it never went anywhere it was always there you're not thinking it up. It's just by being aware, you just might be feeling calmer. But in the head is our our brain and your your hard drive. So there's a you and you have a hard drive. And in some ways, there's no difference, but there's a way you can be aware of the hard drive and aware of the programs in the hard drive and aware of the, of the conditioning 
aware of what what you've learned, what you've been taught, what you what your habits are and your reactions. And then there becomes some space in between. You know, this calm part that's aware and seeing the programs and seeing the things that you've learned. And seeing how some of those might make you feel stressed and have fear or have questions or distress, but yet the part of you that's aware is just calm watching. And so perhaps that feels like you're connecting to an inner calm that isn't something that you thought up, isn't something that was actually ever gone. It was just kind of covered. And so just breathe into that calm space. Taking breaths and realizing that this inner calm may be there. And the more we get familiar with it, the more it can inform us instead of some of the things that that are informing us now, the, the thought patterns, the fear patterns, what um, desires, expectations, all the things that may be causing us trouble. And so it's the inner calm, being aware of the inner calm, connecting to that, breathing into that, getting to know that as also part of you. And so no matter what's going on, here we can just rest as awareness with inner calm. And as things come to us, we can respond from this place in ways that make sense, that may not be the same as a reaction from your habits or ways you thought you need to act to stay safe. And maybe all that's not true. And maybe this deeper place is what feels true. And so I invite you to just rest and Explore. And see if this works for you. And the um, dumpster of issues could just stay in the dumpster. And maybe, like we said, surrender. And 
maybe you don't need all that. You can move around with calm and peace and joy and love and generosity. And so we'll end now with three deep breaths. And then open your eyes and stretch your back and feel yourself back in the chair. Well, thank you for the meditation. I think we connected to our inner calm for sure. Yeah, did you, did you connect to your inner calm? I think so, yeah. I always appreciate your meditation, so thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I appreciate the conversation, and I appreciate everybody listening. And if you have a question or a comment of your own, you can email us at exploringawareness at gmail.com. You can also... Check out our Facebook page, our Twitter account, our Instagram account. We're all over the place. Um, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you letting your friends know, leaving us some stars on the um, podcast apps and some comments so other people can know what we're up to. But for now, we enjoyed speaking with you. And so have a great week and we'll be back soon. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is not an attempt to practice medicine or provide specific medical advice, nor does use of this information establish a physician-patient relationship. Listening to this podcast does not replace medical consultation with a qualified health or medical professional to meet the health and medical needs of you or others. If you are having problems, please see your primary care provider or your local mental health professional.